calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to um, Awkward Sex in the City. I'm with Sarah Kennedy. And real quick, before I forget, all her instas and socials are Sarah K. Comedy, at Sarah K. Comedy. And her website is sarahkcomedy.com. Um, and you're an amazing storyteller, improviser, stand-up from Albuquerque, New Mexico, now four years in New York City. And we talk about, real quick, for Sarah and myself, because I also get like a knee-jerk reaction. There is... Uh, talk about knee injuries in this one. We have talk about Sarah's engagement and we talk about uh, Sarah being trouble adjacent and empath. And it's a really fun episode and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. And then he called all of us the next day and he was like, I had a dream about grandma. And we were like, what happened? <laughs> he and my uncle were just hanging out and my grandma came up to them and they were just like, oh gosh, grandma. Oh, holy moly. Oh, wow, wow, you're here. <laughs> I would like put on like NSYNC Britney Spears blasting in my room. Oh, you can't even do the bye bye bye. Like that's a the choreography is knee like necessary. And, like job. I didn't even know what was happening, and I would just like hit it back in. And I had this guy come up to me, and he was just like, "Hey, if you like boobs so much, you ever just like look in a mirror and get all up in your own boobs?" He was like kind of being sincere, wasn't he? A little bit. I mean, for sure. He yeah. was just like, "I just don't understand. You got them, so how come you like them?" <laughs> Um, thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Like, you've done the show, which is a great show about uh, falling in love with your fiance. When are you guys getting married again? We actually, well, the joke is, uh, so as a way to, like, temper the small talk that comes around, like, when are you guys getting married? Uh-huh. What's going on? We always just immediately say, like, oh, we're going to wait to find out who gets elected next. And then that will decide how we celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> or if we do. So... <laughs> It's straightforward. Mm-hmm. It keeps it political and like relevant. It buys us some time. It buys us some time. <laughs> um, how long have you guys been dating? Uh, about three and a half years. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, okay. me and my boyfriend three and a half years. But did you get a lot of? Um, once you hit three years, I feel like you start getting like this is like when's who when are you getting when are you asking when's when's the when's the 
When's the proposal happening? Yeah, I mean, so it's a couple things where it's like, number one, um, within the first year, Kelly was like, I want to talk to your parents and I want to get their permission. And mm-hmm. so she did that. And they were so happy. My, my dad specifically was like, I never thought I'd be having this conversation. Aww. And it's so amazing that this is happening. And of course, of course, of course. And then, um, like, after that, my mom started being like, okay, well, let's plan everything. Let's get everything going. And then she was like, I haven't asked her yet. Like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're skipping a, a step. <laughs> so they knew. You didn't know any about anything else. I mean, I knew I listened through the like bedroom door of her talking to my dad. <laughs> and then I knew the day that she went and talked to my mom. Oh my um, God. So we, we were all on the same page about what was happening. And we also, I mean, she and I went and got my like ring size and stuff together. So we, I knew, I knew stuff was going to happen, but mm-hmm, I just didn't mm-hmm. know when. Um, so it was a lot of like, like, we'd go on big trips together. And I'm like, do I need to like go get my eyebrows threaded or yeah, like, like do something? Do I need to like, are we going to be taking pictures? Is this like a. Is there going to be a picture of my hand? Of my hand? Points? Do I need, yeah. Do I like, need to what's get a happening? Oh, yeah. and how did it happen again? Like, what did she well, do? It was the best. Okay. So it was a weekend where my best friend and her girlfriend came into town and. She made a big deal of it, and she made me go get my hair cut, which is so funny. Um, and uh, I was like, okay. And then we went to brunch one day. Like, there was one thing where I was like, okay, well, let's plan out the weekend while they're here. Like, I want to make sure that their time in New York is, like, filled with all kinds of fun New York-y things. And she was like, maybe let's just play it by ear. And I was like, oh, okay. Whoops. Um, okay. And then also my best friend kept being like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. No, And I was like, oh, God, this is so difficult. And then it kind of dawned on me, like, oh, maybe, maybe like, this is a thing. Like, maybe there's a reason. Yeah. And so we went to brunch, and I thought she was going to do it at brunch because she had been so weird beforehand. And then it didn't happen. And then we were kind of biding our time in a really weird way in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we went over to the pier in Greenpoint. You can, there's this place with this giant mural, and you can, like, you're right on the river. And right when we walked on the park, she, like, started like fumbling around in her pocket and then she like got down on one knee and she asked me and it was so sweet and it was such a beautiful moment that I was just like oh I gotta make this like a really nice thing and oh my god yes oh yes of course and then um Jenny the photographer <laughs> she came out of nowhere and started like <laughs> taking pictures of us and I was like oh god it's really happening this is like this is like <laughs> so she came out and started snapping a whole bunch of pictures like it felt like when um you go to an award show and they have you stand at that thing that has like a 360 camera oh, <laughs> she like immediately yes. was just like <laughs> all the way around and um it was awesome and I was like I have to call my mom because we have this one picture I'm gonna put up on the internet right now and I called my mom and she was just like oh honey I'm so excited for you I gotta go I'm at the farmer's market in my hometown which I was like oh I mean I immediately I got really like uh insecure about it and I was like well I mean it's different I I know it's different when girls marry other girls and like it's it's maybe not like the same thing and like that's fine and I'm not gonna let it ruin this moment. Yeah. And, I, and Jenny's here, so we're going to keep taking pictures. And so we did, and I was like, oh, this is so wonderful and amazing, and we're going to get, like, true documentation of this moment. And that was amazing. And then Jenny was like, let's go and take pictures all the way up and down the block. And we went all the way up and down the block, and then we ended up at this bar. And as soon as we walked in, my mom and my dad and Kelly's mom and her dad and like literally all my friends from college and every human being I've known since middle school were there 
too. Oh like have an immediate engagement party. And that was so like, even though I thought maybe the asking was going to happen that day, I did not know that that was going to happen. Yeah. And that was uh, pretty amazing. Was pretty oh cool. my God. I'm like tearing up. That's so <laughs> beautiful. And I really, like, I like, I felt it when you, when she was like the farmer's market and I was like, yeah, right. Right. Sandra Kennedy. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. So it sounds like your parents have always been like very supportive. Oh, super supportive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if you don't mind me asking, when did you come out to them? Yeah, this is a great question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I came out to my parents when I was like 19 and I came out to my mom first uh, because she asked me. And like, I, if you look, she's calling me right now. Um, I'll <laughs> talk to you later, mom. Um, I also love that it's uh, Sandra and Sarah. Yeah, Sandra K. Kennedy and Sarah Denae Kennedy. That's the, the thing. Oh, that's adorable. Um, so uh, I had been dating my first girlfriend, and then we broke up, and then we were just fighting all the time, even though we were broken up, which let it go. Um, we all do it. Don't worry. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the thing. I held um, someone for a fucking year, and it's like, why? So then um, she eventually one day after me and my first girlfriend had been in the middle of a fight, decided to just ask me and I didn't know what to do. And I just ran away and my mom like chased me down and was like, now we're talking about this for sure. And we had this like long conversation and we both cried. And at the end of it, she asked me for a couple things. And it was a little weird. The first one was that she asked me that I remain looking vaguely feminine. Huh. That was a weird one. Um, and mixed that. results on that, by the way. <laughs> like, not really a, not really a thing. And the second one I always joke is that she asked that I gave Faith a fighting chance. And if I had the choice to sit it out or dance, she hoped I danced, <laughs> which is like the song. Um, <laughs> like, this sounds like a very <laughs> specific yeah. song. I mean, she did specifically ask me to like keep believing in God, which was nice, but um, not as much about standing next to an ocean and feeling small like the songs. <laughs> But don't don't you also like miss those? There was a point, and I think in everyone's life, where we physically ran away from our problems, mm-hmm. and I miss it a little bit mm-hmm. because sometimes it worked. <laughs> if you ran fast enough, oh, problem gone. <laughs> and I love that you literally ran away from your mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't very. I mean, we lived in like a three bedroom house, so it wasn't not too far to that run, many places but, to yeah. go. But uh, nonetheless, you tried. Um. And was your was your dad the same? Uh, sort of. I mean, it was very weird. My mom became like my publicist after I came out to her, where she just was like, "Don't worry, I'll tell everybody." <laughs> and so she told my dad for me, and I guess I heard secondhand that he kind of had a, a hard time with it. But mm. my mom was very much like, "This is your problem. You figure this out on your own, and mm. you decide whether or not it's as important as your relationship with your daughter." And then he just like kind of came around, but it happened outside of my knowing at all. She told my aunt who lives in deep Texas, and that was maybe the weirdest one because um, as soon as she was like, I'm going to tell your Aunt Susie, I was like, okay. And then she was like, she's going to want to call you back. Let it go to voicemail. And I was like, not a problem. <laughs> I don't like answering my phone. Um, <laughs> so you could feel you could feel the conversation happening on the other end because it was like just long enough. And then my phone blew up, and it was my Aunt Susie, and I let it go to voicemail. And then she called back, and I let it go to voicemail, and then she called back, and I let it go to voicemail 13 times. Holy shit. And on the 14th time, I was like, mm, mm. Better, better talk to her. Yeah, let's, let's pick this one up. So I picked it up the phone, and she was just like, Sarah, honey, your mama told me about you, and I just want you to know that I would never turn my back on you. I love you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoever you love is who I love, and oh, my God. And I was like, that's so nice. But I couldn't – I mean, she was launching through this thing that she's been practicing for 13 other calls. 
And so I couldn't even interject to be like, thank you, thank you. And, but she just kept being like, it's so wonderful, it's so beautiful, love is great, and blah, blah, blah. And also, there's things about me that people don't know, which I was like, what? What? Is it happening? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, what is she about to tell me? And she was just like, like, I'm a huge pothead. <laughs> it was so amazing. I could not even believe, number one, that she was sharing that with me. That was amazing. Number two, that she thought that those two things were comparable. Like, that, like, that blows my mind. And so then I was just like, oh, no. It was like I get this gift, and I was just like, Aunt Susie, no, oh, I, I love you. I would never turn my back on you. You're so amazing. When's your parade? <laughs> Do you vapor like balls? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the parade's in April, When's by the your way. <laughs> oh my god, my cheeks like literally hurt. <laughs> oh, oh, Aunt Susie. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite stories. Was there anyone else that you were like, oh, it's not expecting that? Uh, I mean, my grandma was always a person that we were always very worried about. My my family's had a weird um, relationship with my grandma because it's like, don't tell grandma. But mm. then as soon as she finds out about anything, she's always like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so it's like, why are we hiding this from grandma? Yeah, like, exactly. Why? Is it just because she's old? Yeah. Or like, yeah, it's just like this thing where it's like, let's take care of the matriarch. Or like, let's make sure that she's okay. And so like my uncle had like a motorcycle and like it slipped out that he had that. And she was like. Yeah, okay. He's a grown adult. Have it. Yeah. Um, and so then my mom was like, I'm going to tell your grandma. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lord. Um, is she going to call me? Because I don't even know if she knows how to leave a voicemail. Yeah. Um, like but she called my grandma. And then afterwards, I heard that my grandma was like, well, of course. And I love her no matter what. And it was just like the end of it. Done. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you, it was, it was not very long after that that she passed away. And it was um, kind of a weird situation in my family because she had been such a member of the family, like a focal point of all of our care and the talk around her and all this stuff. She was it for at least my mom and her sisters and her brother. And then like as a ripple effect, all of us too. And so um, my mom has always said that one of the saddest things in her current life is that she never dreams about my grandma. Oh, wow. That is sad. But I will say my brother had a dream about her, and then the, he woke up crying, and his wife was just like, what happened? And he was like, I was dreaming I was with Grandma. And then he called all of us the next day, and he was like, I had a dream about Grandma. And we were like, what happened? <laughs> and the, the dream, this is, this is what the dream was. So he and my uncle, um, the one with the motorcycle, um, were just hanging out, um, and my grandma came up to them, and they were just like, oh, gosh, Grandma, oh, holy moly. <laughs> Oh, wow, wow, you're here. <laughs> and uh, she was just like, yes, hello, I love you. And then they were like, why did you leave? And then she just was like, he decided it was my time. Which was like, whoa, um, like, whoa, that's a pretty profound thing. And yeah. then my brother woke up again crying. And so then we were all just like, Ryan had a dream about, Ryan's my brother, uh, Ryan had a dream about grandma, oh, he's a psychic, he's got these, uh, this amazing power, and so then we all just like shared it with everybody we knew, and he just had this like profound moment with our grandmother who had passed, and we were all so sad, but now happy, and then we were like waiting for him to go to bed that next night, <laughs> and we were like, it's going to happen again, this is, this is Ryan's time, this is it, and so the next morning we were like, Ryan, like, what would you dream about? And then he was like, I dreamed that Jeff Bush won the next NASCAR event. <laughs> we were like, okay. Well, we had one shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Do you ever get sick of people like asking you specific questions because you do like ladies? Like, are you ever just like, okay, guys, can we like talk about anything else? Like, not that that happens, but like, well, like I feel like, oh, you're like, I feel like right now I'm even like, let's just talk about you. That's great. Liking ladies. And like, yeah. I feel like sometimes that's not fair though. Like, but yeah. no, I don't mind it at all. I mean, I really think that it's one of those things where it's like, um, if a person has never even thought about it, mm-hmm. then me talking about it might at least help them think about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they can be like, no. Or they can be like, oh, maybe. Um, uh, but I, I guess it depends on the, the type of conversation. Like, this is awesome. Like, you guys are my friends. So I don't mind yeah. talking about all that. Um, I will say I did this show in Amarillo. Like, where my aunt lives. Um, so I did the show in Amarillo. And I got up on stage. And I pretty much just talked like this. I was talking about my family. And I was talking about my girlfriend. And at the end of it, um, the entire town of Amarillo, Texas, just, like, got around me to ask me weird questions. Like a processional, where I was just, like, walking down and being like, thank you for coming to the show. And they'd be like, my girlfriend with the vibrator. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's not what I, okay. Um, and I had this guy come up to me, and he was just like, hey, if you like boobs so much, you ever just, like, look in a mirror and get all up in your own boobs? Oh and I was God. like, oh, God, why are you asking me this? This is crazy. And the, the, the probably the craziest part was... He was, like, kind of being sincere, wasn't he? A little bit. I mean, for sure. He was just like, I just don't understand. You got them. So how come you like them? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It was crazy. Like, I don't think I ever expected that, like, as a question for you. Like, I mean, yeah. So, like, it's been that on occasion. Um. And then I, like, occasionally will get into, like, internet fights with people who, like, oh, the other day I got on some weird Facebook. And I, I never engage like this on the internet where I'm just like, you know what, troll, I'll give you what for. Um, yeah, because it never works out. No, right? never. Like, we're smart enough to know, but sometimes something just, like, hits a nerve. And dig it out. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, even with this guy, I ended up saying at the end of the conversation, like, I'm going to turn off notifications on this now because this is not going anywhere good. Um, yeah. But he had mentioned something about how Queer Eye was, like, normalizing perversion. And I was like, I'm sorry, Queer Eye is the most beautiful, pure thing that we have right now. Yeah. And it's, it, it can transform your entire day just to watch it. And Jonathan Van Ness in particular is such a pure soul that, like, it is worth it to see him. And then, like, he tried to, like, turn the Bible on me. And I grew up in a church and almost became a pastor. So, like, I was like, don't do that to me. I know I know the book that you're talking like, about. And these are other things from the book. And he was like, you're using that out of context. And I was like, you're using yours out of context. This whole court's out of context. <laughs> and I just eventually had to be like, you know what? It's We're not going to change each other's minds. That's it. Uh, and, like, religion to me is, like, the biggest, like, cock block for, mm. like, <laughs> all sexualities. Yeah. And it's just, like, we... I get mad when people use the 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 Bible for like any argument because it's like, well, if you're gonna do that, then we could say this about what you're doing, mm-hmm. and it's like, so why would you even like open that door for us to use it back? Like we're not dumb. Like right. yeah, like I very open about sex and sexuality, mm-hmm. raised Catholic, mm-hmm. know a lot of Bible verses. I I can now I don't. I get too high. I don't remember anymore, and I'm <laughs> glad. But like it's like I but like I remember like you being wrong or some shit. And it's just like it just it makes me just like hate religion even more like even more so. But but it's great for some people. But like not, it's like that glass house don't throw stones thing. Yeah, you know where it's like literally if you're gonna use this text as a weapon, mm-hmm. 
be ready. You know, when you're ready, like, are you ready for it to then, like, tear down your entire house? Because people can just as easily turn it back on you. Yeah. And so then, I mean, there's that, like, maybe it's, like, Eleanor Roosevelt who has that quote that's, like, I get so, like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, um, but it's, like, I really get suspicious when people think they know so clearly what God wants for them because it usually coincides with their own needs and wants. I have never heard that. Yeah. And that is like scathingly beautiful. Yeah. I mean, she was awesome. Um, and since we're on like awkward sex in the city, yes. um, can you, hmm, what is, <laughs> what would you say is your first, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitating because I feel like it's really hard to, to pinpoint, but could you, if you had a first awkward sex encounter, what do you think it was? Like, uh, I'm trying to think what mine is oh. and I'm, I can't even think of it yet. Okay, so um, my first girlfriend uh, when I was in college, the one that I ended up having to come out over, um, she lived in this house um, over by our university, uh-huh. and I was still living at home. So, like, I would spend the night at her house, and I had to come up with some, like, elaborate reason why I was over at her house or at somebody else's house. Right. But I do remember we broke up, but then kept hooking up afterwards. And she was bi. So she was dating, like, guys and girls and all kinds of stuff. And it was great. Um, and good good for her. Um, but at the same time, she did date this guy who was, like, a known skinhead, like a, like a skinhead punk guy. Mm. And he, I mean, there was a coworker of hers that he hit over the head with a Jack Daniels bottle. And, like, he was, like, rough, rough guy. And he kept being like, this is my bird to her. Like, being like, this is my bird, my bird, me and we're together, whatever. And then I would just show up and be like, I'm here. <laughs> and then he'd be like, I'm gonna go home. And then she'd be like, okay, well, you're spending the night and we're gonna, like, do whatever. And then, like, um, there was one morning after, like, a whole night and uh, we were both in her bed and definitely not wearing clothes and he came up to her, like, bedroom window and, like, looked in over and saw us both in bed and um, oh she had all these, like, weird cinder blocks and big rocks, like, outside of the window. And he, like, could have, like, and maybe had, I can't really remember how the story went, but he could have, like, picked one up and just, like, dropped it through the window. But he just went, like, <laughs> and, like, stomped off. And then they had to, like, have some weird conversation or she just broke it off with him or whatever. But, like, and he moved back to Boston, which obviously he was of from Boston. Of course he's from yeah. Boston. <laughs> <sighs> but, um, Fucking Boston. It was – that was definitely the scariest moment where I was just like, oh, I see. Like, just because I have this connection with this person, I'm not uh, absolved from all the choices and stuff that she's also making or that people around her are seeing her make. So Yeah, if you choose a dude that calls you a bird, <laughs> red flag. Uh, yeah. And like oh. I, after he hit that guy with the bottle, th- I know this is like. Did you see it? I did not see. I was not there that night. Thank God, because there would have been no way that I would have kept up with whatever. But like in a just, story yeah. afterhand, like I could, I could hang out with it. Um, but he hit that guy over the head, and the guy bled everywhere, like everywhere. And I do, I do remember helping her like clean up some of the blood at later. I know, I know. So I know that awkward sex in the city is always just like it was so weird. I felt so embarrassed, but like this is like a very weird yeah, yeah. violent one. Okay, so no, um, and this is awkward as fuck. Yeah. So he kept being, I remember the night before he left, he kept being like, this is my boot polish. This is my motherfucking boot polish. And then we were just like, yikes, like yikes. Like what a psycho. Wait, wait, wait. So he's calling the blood the boot polish? Yeah. Oh my God, that took me a second. I was like, wait, were you cleaning with the boot polish? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that was the probably the earliest, most awkward. And from then, it's been okay. Okay. Yeah. I had, there was this uh, married lady who was real into me, but then also really into just my peer group. 
and just kind of went all around us. But um, interesting. And were you guys like aware? Or did you like m- like mathematically figured out later? Like, wait, I've also like <laughs> dated her, and I've also dated her. It was weird. I mean, so she lived in Albuquerque, and in Albuquerque, there's no like scene, and there's no like. I mean, there's a very small counterculture, so you just end up, like, running around with people who sometimes use blood as their boot polish and sometimes are just, like, they have house shows that have really obscure bands, but they feel like they're important. And this lady was one of those people. Like, she would always have house shows, and then she was the only person I knew who had showtime, so we would always go over to watch The L Word (laughs) at her and her husband's really fancy house in this amazing neighborhood. And there were nights that she would just be like, stay over, stay over. And then, like, her husband worked out of town and was gone a lot. And so then she'd be like, come over. And it was the first time I'd ever seen, like, Suicide Girls. Like, she was just like, look at my account of Suicide Girls. And I remember being like, this is so, you're, like, 10 years older than me. Um, And this is very weird. But can I just, I'll just write down your password and we'll keep this. (laughs) Um, And I, I mean, I'm always pretty good about staying pretty adjacent to, I'm just trouble adjacent. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm never Mm -hmm. in trouble, but I'm, like, right around it, and I'll pull out if I need to. And so there was one night, and I stayed the night at her house, and then she took a picture of me while I was sleeping, and then I was like, "Mm, it's it's probably time for me to get out. And then she ended up hooking up with my friend, Ricky, and then another person, and another person, and another person that were all in my same age group, and I was like, oh. Oh. Narrow miss, like oh, real close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, how did you find out about the picture that she took while you were? She sleeping? put it on MySpace. She put it on MySpace. She didn't even tell you about it. She just put it on fucking uh-huh. MySpace. Oh yeah, that is the creepiest thing I ever heard in my life. I mean, it was a real good picture of me. The lighting was nice, but like it was. <laughs> I definitely was just like, oh, I, oh, ooh, ooh. oh no. Did you did you guys meet on MySpace? Wait, I missed that part. No, I think you said it. She was just kind of a lady about town. Lady about like, town. Okay. So that was, and I remember we would dance to like Belle and Sebastian at her house, and like there was a whole bunch of things where it was like we were all under twenty one. So she would buy us all alcohol, and we could all hang out and not have to drive anywhere. I didn't realize how young you were. Yeah, I was like I think nineteen. Wow. And she's been twenty nine for six years, I think. So. <laughs> Oh, my God. This is, like, hitting, like, very weird, murky territory. Oh, also, oh, gosh. This is the craziest part. Okay, so um, this is among the suicide girls and the picking pictures of me and, like, whatever. Um, we went to, I went to a party, and there was only one other person my age there, and everybody else was over 21. So we had to, like, hide if police ever came and, like, whatever. But they never came. But there was still everybody was very worried about it. Um, yeah, yeah, just in case, I guess. So I show up, and she is the DJ of the party, which, <laughs> in I mean, means nothing. Um, more Belle and Sebastian is what it meant. Um, but she came over to me in between sets, and she was like, hey, I had a dream about you last night. Wink. And then I was like, cool, whatever. I'm Is there more Smirnoff ice? And... <laughs> So then her husband, who literally, I mean, he worked so hard and out of town. And he had to commute like an hour and a half every day to go to work. Aww. Was just like, I'm tired and I have to go home. And then I was like, well, I'll drive her home. I don't mind. And I waited and waited and stopped the smear devices because I knew I had to drive. And then um, we got in the car and went home. And then right before I left, she like climbed over the driver's seat and then started like kissing me, and I was just like, "Whoa, hey, no, no, lady, you, you get on in, you, you get, get." And so I was just like, "What the? What happened? Oh my god!" And so she went inside, and it was kind of it. And I was like, "Okay, it's not a problem. I did like the right thing on this. This is fine." I showed up on Sunday for the L word, and like we walk, <laughs> I knock on the door, 
And we walk in, and then she, like, leans into me, and she goes, I told her husband's name everything don't worry about it and i was like what did you do what did you do why, don't, why, why? did you tell him anything that? nothing happened and then i he was like there immediately in the next room and was just like <gasps> and i was like i'm here for the lesbian show and so and like it was definitely and then like i remember halfway through being it felt so awkward to just sit in the same room as them and a couple other people who did not know what was going on that i excused myself to the kitchen to like go and get another beer and i opened the fridge I grabbed a beer and it was just like a horror movie where I shut the fridge and she was there. She was like right there. And I was like, oh, no, no. Oh, oh no, no, no. And she like cornered me in the kitchen. And I like left before the episode was over because I was just like, I can't even, I cannot, I cannot be part of whatever this is. Was she trying to talk to you or was she like trying to like make out or like? The, the talking happened first, but then as she like cornered me, like cornered me, she was trying to like you know, like, get a leg in and do some stuff. And I was just like, this is not, this is not good. I don't like any of this. Like, this is not consensual. Yeah. <sighs> so I was like, it was just a, it was a real rough time. But, I mean, you know. Wow. I'm, like, stiff. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and so when did you move to New York? Did you come, like, right after college? Uh, no, I wish. Gosh, I, I wish so badly that I had, like, save some time and just come straight to New York. But I lived in New Mexico from the time that I was born until I was 29. So Oh, wow. Okay. It was about four years ago. And I came here. I mean, So when I started comedy, there's no comedy club in Albuquerque. So I, we had to do everything ourselves. Yeah. And then eventually I was just like, well, what would happen if I went someplace where it was you could just be a joke teller? Yeah. And, and then a producer I, well, and all these other things. Yeah. And then I got to New York and I was like, oh, I get it. You have to do the exact same thing. Yeah. You have to produce and promote and book and everything yourself. But um, that was it, was, it was actually kind of nice because I had a, that skill set of being able to do it. And so I just like launched right into like, yeah. okay, well, I'll just put on my own show here and we'll do a thing here. And I know how to do a mic and we can make that happen. Because that was the scariest thing when I finally started, when I finally like quit improv because I was the worst at it. And then everyone's like, uh, people like get on other shows, and I was like, but but I'm uh, but I'm no one. Yeah. Like no one wants you on a show when you're no one yet. And so the idea of even like starting your own show is like the biggest like scariest thing in the world. Which now it's like everyone fucking does it. Like who fucking cares? But to have that to go yeah. in and be like, no, I'm good. Like I got this. Like that's huge. I will say improv wise though, I was doing improv in Albuquerque. Um, and also stand up and also everything because you just do that yeah. in a small town. Um, but there was one night that I was backstage while my friends were doing improv, like right behind me, and I was like, "They are making this up out of nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is so hard. How are they doing this?" And so I think that that is still. I mean, I think when you don't know how an art, the inner workings of an art form, you can think like, "Oh, I don't know. Whoa, how do they? Like, how do they? How do they do, even this? do this? Like, how do they get up in the middle of this bar and make everybody pay attention to?" mixed results and like <laughs> and say but i think it's once you start doing it you're just like oh you just do you just yeah. go and do it yeah nike had it right this whole um, time the whole time that's crazy speaking of like first in new york city do you remember your first sexual experience in new york city yeah i mean yeah so i told this at the show show but like there was that girl tinder kim that i had met and um we went on a bunch of dates i met her friends she worked for Comedy Central. Um, like, so yes. I was just like, this has to be pretty Im immediately serious. Um, <laughs> uh, but there, for some reason, because again, I was kind of fresh off a breakup from moving and like all this stuff that I just wasn't really sure or ready. Yeah. And so like 
there was one night where we got done with our date, and then she was like, well, let me walk you to the train. And I was like, okay. And we were even holding hands, and it was nice. And then she was like, well, I'm going the same way as you. I'll just get on the train with you. And I was like, okay. And then um, oh, we... Oh, yes. I remember the story now. She got off at my stop, and she's like, well, let me just walk you to your door. I'll be cute. And I was like, that's so nice. And so then we got there, and she was like, well, I'm here. And it's, can we just... And I was like, okay. And she came up. And then we were talking the entire time and just having this little chit-chatty, chatty chats. And then um, <laughs> we walk up my stairs, chit-chatty, chit-chatty. I, like, get her pajamas, and we're talking, talking, talking. And then we lay down in bed, and we're still talking, and we just talk until we both fell asleep. <laughs> and then we woke up the next morning immediately talking again, and then we went to brunch. And then after brunch, we never saw each other again. Um, so that was not a sexual experience, but it should have been one. <laughs> I'm sure that if I had been more comfortable, I probably would have like. But I honestly can't tell if either one of you wanted that to be a sexual she experience. She definitely did. You think so? I really do feel so because there there was a couple times where I, but I also like, um, I'm an empath. But by being an empath, especially in New York City, sometimes I feel like that makes me a sociopath with a heart of gold. What, um, is, what does empath mean again? It just means that I really feel what a person is feeling like while they're feeling it. And I can I can either like create Disneyland around that like where I'd just be like, oh, yeah, let's feel that. And let's make that more. Let's make and like same thing with comedy crowds. Where I'm like, yeah, more, more, more. Um, or like if stuff is weird or whatever, I can usually kind of just like rotate it around. And that's the that's the part where I always say is a little bit sociopathic. So like I knew you that, could start kidding what you want in a way. Well, by, but not even that, but just kind of like moving stuff and making it amicable for both of us uh-huh, uh-huh. in a way that doesn't make the other person feel uncomfortable or whatever because I'm still feeling it out. So there were times where she would be like, oh, I don't, I mean, the pajamas, what are we doing with pajamas? And I was like, no, I want you to be comfortable or like whatever. And like just like heading it off at the pass all the way through. So even though it could have been as innocent as me just being like, I didn't know. It was definitely a situation you where I was like, know. I know that I can't. So when did you know that you were an empath? Because I fucking love this. Yeah. So that's always been a thing. I, even if you look at, like, my diaries from, like, high school and middle school and stuff, there's just a lot of me being, like, I knew she was upset, so I made her feel better. I knew this person was super happy. I knew it was their birthday coming up, and I wanted to make their day special and mm-hmm. not even, like, just give them a gift and have it be over. Like, I wanted it to be, like, from the moment they were in my presence until, like, the very end of the day, there'd be stuff that I could, like, impact their feelings yeah um and that could only happen if i felt it too you know and like i always want you know a birthday to be special for me and so i would imagine that another person wants their birthday to be special for them too so then it's like well what can i do to make it yeah special? like it, it sounds really weird but it, like it's in little ways that i like end up no i totally get this but i do want to know do you think you've ever felt like you've used it to your advantage and you felt weird about it yeah 100 yeah. i mean yeah so when I would work at the Apple store, the Apple hires people to work at the Genius Bar on their empathy. And then they teach you how to harness it and, like, loop it into sales or loop it into a person changing their mind about the company or, like, all kinds of stuff. And so, like, um, damn, I would be there and pe- – and I'm really good at it. Like, there would be times where, like, another person at the Genius Bar would – be struggling so bad with a person that it had escalated to like the nth degree and they'd be like Sarah get in there I can't talk to this guy and I'd go in and I'd be like hey how's it going whatever and then like within like minutes it'd just be like zoop like resolved and fine 
So it's definitely like a thing. It feels like a weird like X Men superpower sometimes. Yeah, but then I feel like it is. You want to make sure. I don't know. I feel weird about being like. And then I just use it whenever. Um. <laughs> Use it for good. Can you do it on you? Like, can I you, like, can, well, I can actually, you? can I tell you, I had a break, so, like, my own little breakthrough um, a couple of weeks ago. I was just like, you know what? Like, you would never treat another human the way that you treat yourself. Like, you would, if you saw another person treating yourself the way that you treat yourself, you would be like, don't hang out with that person anymore. Um, so I was like, what if you just, like, just disassociated enough that you created, like, a Sarah? That you, like, had to keep dates with and you mm-hmm. had to, like, do self-care stuff. Well, not even self-care. Care for. And then, like, it, then you would probably stick to those um, commitments more. Yeah. If you're just thinking, like, not me, that person. I'll, I'll work on them. Like, whatever. Yeah. And so it's been, I mean, you know, it, it works out some, some of the time. But When did you have this breakthrough? A couple of weeks ago. I've been um, swimming as, like, a way to work out, I guess. But oh, I fucking love swimming. I love it. It's... it's I mean, it's it's my. I have a, a bad hip and a bad knee, and like so, like running is messed up for me, and bikes are messed up for me. This yeah. is, I'm turning into the person that I'm like, please don't tell me about your workout. Um, but <laughs> swimming is um, a nice one for me. Oh no, I love it. I also have a bad knee, and I always love talking to people about bad knees because oh. it fucking sucks. So my knee is like, so this is like your ball joint. And sure. this is if your you guys knee. can't see it right now, one <laughs> hand is around her fist, and her fist is her knee. I think. Yes, yeah, so this is cap. the joint. Oh, the joint. And this is like. The like the leg. This is this is normal, right? I mean, for the people at home, yes. I love this. So this is my knee, it's like oh, slightly no. to the side. So anytime I do like a hard turn, <sighs> dislocates. I I have a very similar injury. Yeah. Um. How, do you know how you busted your knee? It's just skeletal. Really? Yeah. I threw mine out fake break dancing in ninth grade. Mm, I was mocking break dancers and don't mock break dancers because karmically they'll hurt you. Um. It, I mean, I remember the exact feeling of it popping out of the socket, and I was just like, oh, no. It, you hear it. Yeah. And you just go down. Down immediately. And so I was just like, well, oh, gosh. And then it was Oliver, so we had to get on stage in five minutes. And then um, I was like, I put on my orphan outfit, and I went out there, and I was not even the lead. I was in the chorus, and I was, like, limping the entire time, being like, the show must go on. Did you like? Did you like hit it back in? I did. Oh, immediately because they were like places, everyone, and I was like, like let's go. And so <laughs> it's just such a specific pain. Oh, it's such a specific. It's so awful. Oh God. And so that was it. Like, uh, so that was that one. And then the next year, I threw it out again during a dance audition. And then I did it a couple other times while I was working at this pizza place where I would slip on like the wet floor or whatever. And so it's just. <sighs> I mean, it's just messed up forever. Well, to make you feel less awkward. So it's been happening to me. I can remember the first time I did, it happened to me. I was like six. We mm. were like playing, mm. like we were racing, and I like I was in the lead too, which is great because <laughs> oh, I no. was like the fat kid and just like turned and just went down. And my dad was like, "You're being a pussy. Like you're fine." And I was like, "I can't describe the pain to you that I'm feeling, but like this is so real." And so it happened for like it's been a long time. Knock on wood. I do like little old lady exercises, yeah. like the ankle weights, and you slowly, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you and um. But this is a content warning I'm going to need at the top of this episode when I listen to it again. <laughs> Just content warning, knee injury, but keep knee going. Injury. Um, uh, but I was like, I wouldn't admit it for a long time, but I wanted to be like a performer. So I would like put on like NSYNC, Britney Spears, blast it in my room. Oh, you and can't even dance. do the bye, bye, bye. Like that's a, the choreography is knee 
like necessary. I probably in one summer of just like playing out those CDs 20 times, <laughs> my knees just dislocated. Oh, and like God. I didn't even know what was happening. And I would just like hit it back in. And then finally, finally it happened in college. And I was like training for a marathon. It happened. And my dad was like, how convenient. Oh, no. So we went, we went to the doctors. The doctors didn't believe me. We finally got an MRI. They were like, it's nothing. It's nothing. And then finally we got it. And they were like, oh, shit. They were like, you're neat. Like, you can't. There's don't no stop. Need. Stop yeah. doing things where you pivot. And I was like, this is the best excuse for anything. That's so. Doctors that don't believe you is like one of my biggest fears and one of the things that make me the most angry. I know. I, I cannot stand being in a situation like that where a person in authority who you've trusted in that position then like writes you off. Yes. Like that, it's like. It's so infuriating. And it happens constantly, especially to women. Especially to women. It's. It is ugh, the worst. It's it's awful. I it, they literally made me walk across the room twice, and they're like, "You're fine," and I was like, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not." And I was like, "It I hurts. Need, give me a consultation, like fucking right up." And like, my dad was in the military, so we have military doctors, mm-hmm. and this might just be my personal experience, but they do not give a shit about you. Oh. They don't give a shit about you if you're like the family. They don't care because something else happened. I can't remember what it was. Um. I thought I had colon cancer because it runs in my family. And they were like, you're fine. And I was like, no. Like, I want Please. a colonoscopy. Look and in then, my butt. Yeah. yeah. Look, like, just stick everything in there. I need Please. to see all the photos of yes. every part of my butthole. Like, everything. It turns out I was fine. But when we went to the actual doctor, the um, oncologist, when he found out how young my dad was when he got mm. it, they were like, no, you have to have one every five years. Like, this is, like, fuck them. Like, this could happen to you very soon. And I was just like, well, thank you for validating my fears. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Like, I'm not fucking crazy. And I can never go to doctors because I don't trust them anymore. I don't either. Yep. Yeah. I had a doctor's appointment today that I rescheduled that I will probably reschedule again. <laughs> that I will probably reschedule again. That I'll probably reschedule again. I'm so bad about it. Um, This feels like a great time to stop. But before we do, is there anything else like you want to talk about or like? Uh, I'd like to shower you in praise for all the stuff uh-huh. that you do. Thank this you is a so great much. podcast, and your shows are always amazing. And it's so nice. Like immediately walking into the pleasure chest, like um, I think sometimes people can feel awkward going to places like that. And they do as a staff and like as a place work really hard to make everybody comfortable. They're amazing but about that. Doing yeah. an event like what you do just brings people together and makes everybody so comfortable. And it makes people, I think, more open to sexual health and sex, like, uh, sex positivity and stuff. And I, so I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Like you kind of, I forget like that people are like affected by it and it's like always really cool to hear. So like, thank you a lot. And of course I always want you to come back and I'm so glad this worked out and I'm glad Bobby met you and talked to all your praises and yay. You guys are wonderful. He's wonderful. Thank you. Everyone's wonderful. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Um, remember Sarah K. Amity for her Insta, socials, all the things. And then SarahKComedy.com if you want to see her in New York. And please go like, subscribe, rate, review Awkward Sex in the City, the podcast. Our next show is September 15th in Boston. Follow us at Awkward Sex in the City for Facebook, Insta, Twitter, and then AwkwardSexInTheCity.com. Thanks, guys. 